Hi, and welcome to our podcast at Elim Life Church. We're really praying that you would be impacted by God's word as you listen today. If you've got any stories of answered prayer or you'd like to get in touch in any way, please contact us via our website, www.elimlifechurch.co.uk. God bless. Matthew 7, 24-27 So then everyone who hears my words and puts them into practice It's like a wise man, he built his house on, a, on the rock The rain came down, the water rises The wind blown and beats against the house But it does not fall, it is built on a rock But everyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man He built his house on sand, the rain comes down the water rises, the wind blow, the wind blow and beats against the house it, and it falls in a loud crash. Well, here we are. September has arrived. Can you believe it, church? We have made it to September 2020. Come on. And as we head into the autumn, I've been so stirred by God to bring this teaching called non-negotiables. You know, as disciples of Jesus, we are called to walk by faith with God, to invite the Spirit to dwell in us and empower us to live with him and for him to be part of a community of believers. The Bible talks about us being the church, an army, a a family, a body that he is making and shaping as he builds his kingdom. As disciples, we're to discover our purpose in Christ and to step into that with faith and obedience. As disciples, we're called to develop our relationship with God, knowing him more and becoming like him experiencing the height and depth and length and width of God's incredible, unconditional love. As disciples, we're called to see the supernatural reality of God in our everyday lives, turning to him for peace and rest and strength in the midst of trials and temptations. Church and everyone watching online, we are invited to walk with him and live for him. The creator of the universe himself, God himself, wants to partner in life with you and I. Just allow the reality of that to sink into your spirit right now. The the God of the universe wants to partner in life with you and I. But there are certain non-negotiables that come with that life, that come with that decision to follow after Jesus. And you may think that that sounds really harsh, but the reality is we all live with non-negotiables in our life. So what is a non-negotiable? Well, these are some of the descriptions. It's a sand in the line, a plumb line, a foundation on which we build. Priorities and perspectives. It's practices and habits. It's commitments and choices. And everyone lives 
with these non-negotiables. So for example, if you are an Olympic athlete, there are non-negotiables that come with that life. No McDonald's twice a week, no lazy Saturday mornings where you skip training, no settling for second best. But the win is the potential to win, to take part in something that few can do. If you're a teacher, there are non-negotiables that come with that life, a commitment to education. You haven't got flexible holidays and days off. There are practices for marking and reports and behavior that you have to adhere to. But the win is shaping young lives and minds, bringing out potential and seeing children discover their strengths and excel. If you work on a factory line, there are non-negotiables that come with that life. Early to bed, early to rise, willingness to work shifts, health and safety rules that must be followed, factory shutdown, that means you can only take holidays at certain times. But the win is being part of a team, often with steady work, playing your part in creating something bigger than yourself. And just as another example, if you're in the armed forces, there are non-negotiables that come with that life. You may be called to put your life on the line. You follow a set of rules and codes and regulations. You can be moved and positioned when needed. And you sign up for a certain amount of years and are committed to that. But the win is serving your country, protecting others, learning new skills and belonging to a community. You see, we all live according to a set of non-negotiables. So what are yours? We all live according to a set of non-negotiables. What are yours as disciples, as spirit-filled followers of Jesus? What are our non-negotiables? Before we do anything for God, what does it mean to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and to live according to the priorities and the practices that he calls us to in order that, the, that we may then live for him and with him? whether as a parent or a friend or a colleague or a ministry leader or on a factory line or in a school or in your college, what does that look like? God has given us elements and practices. The word is disciplines, which we don't like very much, that, that are found in his word that we apply to our lives. You know, he doesn't just save us and call us to follow him without giving us tools to help and the spirit to guide I said this a little bit earlier in our broadcast, but we are not here to survive. But I honestly believe that in this next season, God is calling us as his people to thrive. I really believe God's saying, look, don't just hold the fort, but move forwards. And that might look different for each of us, but what is God saying? Because there are certain non-negotiables that come with this life. But the win is being in relationship with with Father, Son, and Spirit. That's the first win, knowing that we are loved by God, that we are known by God, that we are adopted and called and chosen and blessed. We're thinking about those things in our Ephesians Bible study on Tuesday and Thursday nights, our identity in Christ. The win is being in him, living daily in his strength and wisdom. And that's the first win. There are so many more that come. Playing our part, partnering with God as he builds a kingdom, impacting and transforming lives, becoming more like him, making friends, having the promise of eternity, and seeing God do what only God can do. So what are the non-negotiables in your life? Today, we're going to start with the foundation, the first non-negotiable. 
and we had Mark and Harry reading that to us. Imagine your life as a house and you're the builder. You get to choose where you build and when you build and what you build. And in these verses from Matthew chapter 7, the parable that Jesus uses, he says this, So then everyone who hears my words and puts them into practice is like a wise man. He's saying, look, there's a way to live, there's a foundation to use to build on that will be wise. And a little bit later, he goes on to say, but everyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. And then he uses these two examples of houses, one that's built on the rock and one that's built on the sand. And when the storms and the waters and the challenges come, the one house, the life that is built on the rock is able to withstand So as you reflect on this parable, this story with a meaning, I wonder which house more resonates with how you feel right now. As the waters have risen, as the storms have come in 2020, and there have been many, do you feel like you've built on a rock? Or perhaps do you wonder if you're building on shifting sands? Do you most connect with the wise or the foolish builder in the story that Jesus tells? Because Jesus is challenging us. First and foremost, the non-negotiable is about our foundation. You know, I love stories. And I may have told this one before, so forgive me. But it illustrates, I think, a good point here. It's the story of a young lad who loves to build sandcastles. Now, let me tell you that in the summer, I did get to a beach, a sandy beach, and I saw lots of children doing wonderful things with sandcastles. But this particular story is about a lad who loves to create these sandcastle kingdoms, as it were, kind of taking time and intricate care and getting the right shells and and the right kind of bucket and spade sizes and all those kind of things. And he would love to do that. He would spend hours at the local beach doing that. But this one particular summer, there was a kind of a bunch of lads who maybe didn't quite understand how important they were. They would come down and they thought it was really fun to like kick them over. And and the poor kid got a little bit upset that he'd spent so much time building these sandcastles and they weren't appreciated. So he had a bit of a genius idea. He thought, I know, underneath my sandcastle kingdoms, I'm going to put a foundation. So he got rocks and bricks and old bits of concrete and cinder blocks, and he put them on the foundation, and then he built his sandcastle kingdom on the top. You can imagine his face when the local lads, the group came down, and they were like, right, we're going to kick it down again. As they struck with their foot what they thought was sand and encountered rock, the howling of pain that ensued. You know, the reality is it's a silly story and illustration, but foundations matter. I guess that's a little bit of a modern interpretation of the wise and the foolish builders. You know, as this challenge came of these local lads not appreciated and not understanding what was going on, they encountered solid resistance. And the reality is that the foundation in our life is Jesus. The foundation is Jesus. What are you building your life on? The foundation of your life matters. Be like the wise man who knows the teaching and the words of God and puts them into practice. Not just head knowledge, but application in the day-to-day of life because the foundation is Jesus. His words, his truth, his spirit, his sacrifice to make us right with God in the first place, his presence in our lives. You know, this parable comes just after Jesus has shared the Sermon on the Mount. Incredible teaching that blew people's minds. They were amazed at what they heard and what they understood. 
But actually, this parable about building your life on Jesus and his words and his teaching applies to the whole of Jesus' teaching. And I think the sermon that is his life. At the heart of it all is Jesus. Brennan Manning says that about Jesus, that he's a God who loves you so much that he would rather die than be without you. Just let that sink in. God who loves you so much, he would rather die than be without you. You are loved by God. That is the first brick in your foundation. That will never change. That is most definitely a non-negotiable. It's not based on what you do or you don't do. That love is a firm foundation, a solid rock. God initiates love towards you and by his faithfulness sustains his love towards you in each of our lives because he is love. God wants to take our lives and transform us to build something beautiful with purpose. He wants to invest in us and he has paid the price to offer us the best foundation in the world, Jesus. Throughout the Bible, Jesus, God, is described as a cornerstone. Ephesians tells us about Jesus being the cornerstone, that we're being a house built on his foundation. And the cornerstone or foundation stone is the first stone set in construction of masonry foundation. Now, I don't know very much about buildings, but I do know this, that the cornerstone sets the plumb line, the standard, the the kind of angles and the foundation for how the building will be built. It is the first and most significant stone to be laid down as it sets the stability and design of the building. And so when Jesus Christ, the cornerstone himself, is talking to us, his disciples, the followers, the believers of Christ, about foundations, we would do well to pay attention. Jesus is to be first in our lives, to build on him, becoming all that we are called to be in him as we do that. So I want to ask us today, are we making the wise choice of building our lives on the solid rock that is God? Where we build matters. We need to build on Jesus. In this parable, both men had the opportunity, the resources, and the choice of where and what to build. One man showed wisdom by building on a firm, steady, reliable, strong foundation. The other built on something unstable and shifting and unsteady and weak. And that house, it represents our lives, doesn't it? What are we building on. Each of us has the opportunity to do something with the life that God has called us to, to build on something. Each of us has the same access to the resources of God, and we each have the choice of how we build. We will all face storms and difficulties. Disciples of Jesus are not exempt. We're not promised an easy or a perfect life, but those who build on good foundations are able to withstand And when we talk about being wise or foolish, it's not about whether you consider yourself intelligent or not, because there are some really smart people who don't make wise choices. There are unwise choices that we can make. So it's not about our intelligence, but about saying, God, what do you want me to do in this? Inviting and involving the spirit in the decisions that we make and the practices that we invest into our life. It means to put into practice the words and follow the example of Jesus. You know, during lockdown, many of you have shared with me and with the team how you've actually, 
You've made the most of a slower pace of life. It's been a blessing, even though there's been challenges and trauma and difficulties, that that, that has been a blessing. You've used that time personally to exercise more, to spend more time with your family, to connect with your friends that you haven't spoken to for ages, to get to know God more through prayer and his word. You know, this is kind of, even in the midst of the challenges and the changes, your faith has been tested, but it's been growing. And I, I identify a lot with that. You know, the, the story of lockdown for me has been ill health at the start, probably COVID for three weeks, not being able to connect and go visit my family, changes in our leadership and our staff, relearning how to be the church. It feels like every single week, adapting and being resilient, leading some things of prayer online to encourage the Ely movement in prayer. And so although it feels like it might be a bit busier, it has been at a different pace. And God has been speaking to me about this reset moment of reordering my priorities, of simplifying some of the things in my life. And I know that's been the case for many of you. And we get to September, and let's be honest, anyone else feeling like it's got a little bit busier? Yeah, anyone else feeling like, hang on a second, where did all of that go? Some of those great lessons that we learned, some of those great practices that we were involved in. Suddenly, as we add activity back into our life, it's hard to hold on to those things. Unless we're building on the rock that is Jesus. So easy to start adding in what you've always done without asking God, God, what do you want me to do in this season? What do you require of me? What do you want for my relationship with you, my relationship with others and my family? How should I spend my time? What are you saying and showing me? How do I carry over the lessons and practices of lockdown life as the changes come again? I wonder if maybe you need to take some time to consider that. And when we think about this, we all go, of course I want to build on a strong foundation. Who on earth would want to build a home on unsteady sand? It doesn't take an architect or a building genius to know that. But if we're honest in our reflections, as we look at our choices and our practices, we don't always honor that intention. The world has changed. There are more challenges and uncertainty. And I saw this poster on the front of a magazine called Sight Magazine. It's going to come up on the screen. And I thought this just so captured what it feels like 2020 and and maybe a little bit before has been like. That that there were all these challenges swirling around us. Some of them new, some of them ongoing. And yet in the midst of it, we can build our house on Jesus, our life on Jesus. Because the only other option is to build it on unsteady sands. And what does that sand represent? Well, maybe building our lives on sand represents building our lives on feelings or circumstances, temporary fixes, culture, world events, fear, compromises, other people's opinions and expectations. But the reality is if we build our life on those things, we will find the challenge when the challenges come. Many of you will know about the Tower of Pisa, the Leaning Tower of Pisa in Italy. In 2001, it was reopened after almost 12 years um, under kind of renovations because over the years it had gradually shifted until it was leaning at an angle that was dangerous and not sustainable. And so there was this big project. It cost millions of dollars to get the kind of leaning tower of Pisa back to where it really needed to be. And the reality is that the the marble that was used wasn't inferior, the workmanship wasn't inferior, the the structural, the kind of structural integrity of the building wasn't inferior, but the 
sand underneath the building was inferior. You see, that particular part has sandy soil. So they had to get in and dig right down into the foundations and set strong foundations. What a picture for us to say, God, maybe we need to take out some of the, the sand that we've been building on and put our feet on the rock that is Christ Jesus. Some of you have maybe found your faith feeling weaker because the things that normally helped haven't been available to you and the challenges and the change have been overwhelming. I want to say God meets us in our weakness and our brokenness and he longs to draw us closer. It's not too late to start putting some of these things into place because the reality is we are all responsible for our own walk with God. As the church, we encourage and we cheer one another on and we support and, and we do what we can, but, but only you can invite the Spirit into your daily life. Only you can, to, with the Spirit's help, dig out some of those sandy foundations and put in solid foundations. I want to say in this season, church, don't let the Spirit get squeezed out. He is within and around you to empower and to fill and to lead, but only you can choose the non-negotiables of discipleship to build on Jesus with the help of the Spirit. And I want to say this right now. This is not a self-build. This is a spirit build. Our lives are a spirit build. This is not about self-effort or striving. This is about adopting the practices and the things that God has given us to help us build a strong, firm foundation and then inviting and allowing the Spirit to lead us and guide us in all of those things. So that's what we're going to be exploring a little bit over the next few weeks. Picking up on what those early disciples did in the book of Acts. What they understood to be the non-negotiables of life and faith. Marveling at what God did in them and with them and through them. And realizing God still wants to do the same with us. We're going to dig deep into those hallmarks of the faith of what they understood it meant to be a Jesus follower, applying the life and the teaching and the example of Jesus. You know, they're going to be like a framework or a trellis that we build our lives on because we can't expect to be a faithful, faith-filled, and fruitful community of believers without them. So I want to just very simply ask you to choose to build on a firm foundation rather than on shifting sands. So let's take a few moments to respond. Thank you so much for listening and engaging. Whether you're watching online live with us or you're watching this on demand or catch up, I want to encourage you to respond. And there's two ways I want us to respond. The first one is an opportunity for you to say yes to building your life on Jesus. Maybe you know that you haven't yet done that. You might have been around church, you might have been watching online, but you know that you've yet to say yes, really say yes to following Jesus and say, I want to build my life on you. I know that's not going to be a perfect life. I know that's not necessarily going to make everything right, but what it is, is that I will know what it is to be forgiven and have friendship with God and build my life on something solid. The Bible teaches that there is no way to eternal life or real authentic life in the here and now unless it is built on God through faith in Jesus. And that's why Jesus came to the planet in the first place, to show everyone, including you and me, that we can build lives on a firm foundation. That's why Jesus came. That's why he lived. That's why he died and rose again. He took all the wrong thing we say, do, and think that separates us from God. He took it all on himself so he could offer us the gift of salvation, 
of sins forgiven, of a fresh start. And so if you've never made that choice to invite God to be first in your life, if you've never made that decision to say, God, I want to give my life over to you, then why don't you say yes to Jesus right now? Very simply, talk to God. It might feel a little bit weird. We call this prayer. But simply say to God, dear God, I'm sorry I've left you out of my life and gone my own way. Please forgive me. I choose to build my life on you, Jesus. I believe that you love me, that you died for me, that you rose again to offer me friendship and forgiveness. I commit my life to you today. Holy Spirit, come and fill me and help me to build my life on Jesus. Amen. You know, we would love to help anyone, whether I said, like I said, whether you're watching it live or you're watching it on demand, we'd love to help you in that decision you've made. And there's going to be a link that will appear. Please get in touch. We'd love to help you. We've got a little booklet we'd love to send you that just explains a little bit more of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And then for the rest of us, I really felt like God was saying this was a reset moment, that although we've had reset moments in the past, this was about choosing who we're going to serve and how we're going to build our lives. And there's a story at the end of Joshua when he's done incredible things for God. And, and he gives the people a choice. In Joshua 24, he says, Choose for yourselves right now whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is an opportunity to say to God, I want to choose to build my life on you. And then as we explore those non-negotiables, that we'll be adding those things into our lives or re-examining the place that they have in our lives already. And so I've very simply written a prayer that I would love us to pray together. And the words are going to come up on the screen. And as I pray, I want to encourage you, even though it might feel a little bit awkward, to pray those words out loud. There's something that happens when we vocalize the prayers before God. You might feel like someone in your home might think that's a bit weird. Don't worry about any of that. You might even want to stand or to kneel to change your posture as you respond to God. And this really is a reset moment. So here's the prayer. Pray along with me these words. I choose you, Jesus. Help me to build on firm foundations. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Grant me wisdom to embrace and apply the non-negotiables. Father, may I experience your love in a deeper way. Lead us as a church as we build on you. May we know grace upon grace. Spirit of God, guide and fill us afresh. Release your unlimited resources and empower us with inner strength through your spirit. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Amen. Amen. You know, I just want to encourage you to keep meditating and reading and asking Holy Spirit to help you as we choose to build on the firm foundation that is Jesus, that first non-negotiable. And to help us to continue to respond, 
we've got a song coming next called No Longer I. And Ian Yates from Elim Sound will lead us in this song of dedication, rededication, commitment again to God that says, I want to follow after you and I want to live in you, Jesus. So let's continue to respond as we worship in song. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my soul rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Now no longer I, but Christ in me. I will run to the cross where you opened up my eyes. I will sing of the love that saved me. I will bow in the place where your death became my life. I will run, I will run to the cross. And oh, how joy of a storm rolled away and it is there by grace I am raised to life now no longer I but Christ in me and I will run to the cross where you opened up my eyes I will
Christ in me. 